Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. All right, uh, for the next 43 minutes, we'll bring you the best sports animals radio program we can. We lead you to Rainbow Wahine Volleyball uh, coming up at uh, 45 after the hour as the uh, Rainbow Wahine are in action against uh, Cal State Fullerton. Tiff Wells uh, will describe the action for you. That coming up a little bit later on. Fullerton, kind of an interesting team coming in after a win last week against Long Beach State in Hawaii. Uh, seems to have found its rhythm after a really, really grueling non-conference slate, which I think uh, a lot of people forget to give uh, the appropriate due for uh, when you look at Hawaii's record and uh, what they went through with some non-conference opponents and some ranked teams. So uh, we'll see how Hawaii does against Cal State Fullerton coming up uh, a little bit later on. And, of course, when Aaron Judge comes to the plate next, uh, we'll have his next at bat. Uh, probably, I, I don't know if it's going to be his last one. Um, he last walked in uh, in the sixth inning. So uh, we may get him one more time here before 345. And when we do, uh, we will bring that at bat to you here on ESPN Honolulu. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia. You know a guy. The conversation continues regarding Tua Tonga-Vailoa's injury yesterday. And I think more than anything else, as we, we really enter today, I mean, yesterday was um, a whirlwind, I think, on this show. We watched it happen as we were talking on the air. Uh, we ended up spending pretty much 95% of the show on it. And I think when you think about it, you think of, you know, you're, it's, it's Hawaii's own First and foremost, it's the controversy over the Sunday injury. It is just health and well-being of a of a of an NFL player. There's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, the news seems to be better. Uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa's in concussion protocol. Uh, Mike McDaniel, uh, Miami head coach today, said that uh, Tua has been complaining about headaches, so he is in concussion protocol, and uh, he has been. Have, he has undergone MRIs because he has complained of those headaches. Uh, Tua did go on the plane. And, and I did see that uh, NFL Network did talk to uh, the NFL's chief medical officer earlier today. And they talked about the process in which Tua was allowed uh, to go back with the team, which I thought was kind of odd and, and actually was was kind of quick because that's something that, that can be very dangerous. You're at altitude. Um, you know, that that seemed to be a, a sign that if they were to let him go, then, then maybe things were okay. Or, you know, they're, they're being too quick with it. Um, Alan Sills is the NFL's chief medical officer, and he told NFL Network today, and I quote, um, they, they were asked if Tonga Vailoa had been checked for concussion symptoms throughout the week. And uh, Sill said, absolutely, quote, I know that he was checked after Sunday's game. I know that he was checked the following day. In fact, every player who gets an examination on game day gets a follow-up exam the following day, even if that exam was negative. That's part of our concussion protocol. And then I know that this player was checked every day leading up to the game. So again, 
a very comprehensive and thorough evaluation that consists of a prescribed set of tests outlined by our concussion protocol. It, what it what it does lead to, I think, you know, there there is a question about how the Dolphins may have handled it. And I do have a, a question with the Dolphins and the injury report and whether Miami, I think as we've talked about, whether Miami was truly honest that it was a back injury versus a head injury. But if the NFL's chief medical officer is saying that, you know, he did go through concussion protocol and was checked every day leading up to the game, then it doesn't it say that he should have been put on the injury report with a head injury? Um, that's kind of what I take out of it. If you're checking him for a concussion, and if he maybe not in in con- well, and I mean actually, if you listen to uh, to to his words, and I quote. Every player who gets an examination on game day gets a follow-up exam the following day, even if that exam was negative. That's part of our concussion protocol. So, based on that, Tua Tonga Vailoa was in concussion protocol. That is something that was new today from the NFL, where it was the impression was given before the game on Thursday that he was not in concussion protocol. So, the NFL's official chief medical officer is telling you that. I, I do believe that there is going to be some kind of punishment for this after kind of hearing Dr. Sills because that all says Tua should have been, I mean, he was on the injury report, questionable, but they kept saying back injury, back injury, and and, and maybe there's part of that too. Uh, but if he was in concussion protocol, that should have been listed. And the NFL has gone after teams for being incomplete or incorrect on its concussion protocol. Uh, I remember the NFL got after Tom uh, got after the New England Patriots, and whether the New England Patriots were being accurate about Tom Brady's status uh, on the injured list. Other teams have been questioned in regards to whether they were, uh, you know, appropriately using the uh, the injury report. The injury report. The NFL cares about it being uh, being correct, and part of that in being correct in in all honesty is um the betters you know you you, you do want to make sure that information is correct there are a lot of people putting money on games you shouldn't think that way but but honestly the nfl does have sponsors that um you know like like a i, I think i don't know if DraftKings is an official sponsor but they they do have sponsors for that and so there is an, an interest in being transparent and being uh, correct about it. It's a little bit different than college where you know they, they can use HIPAA and uh, some teams just don't put injury reports out there. So there's that. I think that is a that is a sign that I believe there will be some sort of punishment. That may not be the the full weight of it. What it will ultimately come down to is uh, whether the Dolphins were reckless in getting him out there. I want you to listen to Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, earlier today. Last night, he spoke about Tua, uh, was was very adamant. Uh, they did not believe he had a head injury, and he said he would not put, put him out or anybody out if they were going through that. Uh, Mike McDaniel, earlier today, saying uh, really he, he would look after his players. I don't think that his... 
an, an injury from last week um, uh, made hit, made him fall the same way this week, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do not have any, like absolutely zero patience for or will ever um, put a put a, posi- a player in a position to, um, for them to be in harm's way. That is like not. Um, what I'm about at all, and no outcome of a game would ever influence me being irresponsible as the head coach of the football team. Now, I believe Mike McDaniel. Um, I have taken Mike McDaniel to be a pretty genuine guy. Um, We've we've been bamboozled on that before. Um, But I've seen some of his interviews. He's a young guy, doesn't have a lot of experience, but I, I actually think some of the younger coaches uh, understand their players a lot more. I think some of the younger coaches who don't have like the old school tendencies of, um, you know, putting winning first and so on. I, I think younger coaches get the bigger picture. I think Mike McDaniel does. I believe him. Um, I, I think the difference is in all of what is going on on game day, when you have an injury happen, Mike McDaniel's not consulting with doctors. Um, the doctors are consulting with the player. The doctors are consulting amongst themselves. And really, they're the ones that give the report back to the coach and tell the coach he can or can't go. And Mike McDaniel's not a doctor. He, you know, he's coaching a team. So he has to take that advice. He has to be honest about that advice that he's getting and, or, or direction. If he can't go, it's not advice. Uh, it is a mandate. He cannot go. It's that no-go um, status. So, you know, I, I, I do believe Mike McDaniel. I think what ultimately we have to figure out is um, were the doctors correct? There is a long protocol. There is a long list of things. I have seen it uh, in, in what determines ultimately a, a no-go status or, or so on, there are a number of checks. And I, and I think if there is anything that uh, led them to believe that they could get him in the game, I think one of the questions that, that would come out is, did they do all the checks? Did they do everything in order, like, you know, it is, it is a, a lengthy list. Did they do everything on that list to ensure that uh, putting him in was the right thing to do? Alan, thank you for calling in and hanging on very patiently. How are you on this Friday? Hey, Josh. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, shoot, I went from trying to get into the show the other day with Noah Leahy to talk about, you know, to defend Tua from all the people that were just doubting him to now just calling in. As a, I've been a Dolphins fan since. Dan Marino, you know, the 1980s. And I was watching that game yesterday, and, and as soon as I saw that hit, it was just, I, I didn't even care about the game. And then, I don't know, I don't know, it's, I don't know if it's just because he's a local boy. If, you know, of course, that has a lot to do with it, too. You know, but, um, you know, I've seen injuries like that before where, where I've kind of just been able to just, okay, that's really sad. I hope he's okay. And then, Still enjoy the game, but yeah, I think being a fan of the team, and then again being a you know a tour fan, him being from Hawaii, I I, I just um 
kind of has a sick feeling in my stomach until now. Like I, I just um, struggling with uh, you know wanting him to be okay, and also struggling with just being a fan of the repercussions this has on the overall season, and, and really just you know should I even be contemplating that? Right? You know, I, like, talking about the, and analyzing the game, and we could have won or lost or whatever, but but. Yeah, it's just a terrible thing, and, and, and I hope he's okay. And, and I, I do hope the investigation continues, and they find out, you know, what exactly happened, why, why he was let out on the field, and you know, yeah, and, and, and my son or daughter, you know. And, and you know, Alan, like you are within your right. I don't, I don't think I could ever tell anybody after watching something like that, hey, you're you're wrong, or you know, or or anything like that about feeling about the game. Um, I, I think it's clear that there were a lot of people that uh, could not focus on the game or just turn the game off. Uh, I, I did notice that a lot on, on social media. You're a fan. I'm not going to tell a fan uh, what you can't and can't what you can and can't feel or think about after a game. And I think in your case, you're a, a Dolphins fan, so you, know, you can feel what whatever way you want. Um, but it does give you pause, right? I mean, it, 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 at, at some point you're, you're not watching a football player anymore. You're watching a human and, and that makes it a little bit different. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I just had a conversation with uh, my, my, I mean, I guess kind of like my boss, but anyway, her husband's a Dolphins fan. And we were talking about how, how personally a lot of our, us fans take these wins and losses, right? Like we get really upset. We hear, we see someone with a different Jersey, like, that's our rival, and sometimes that can cause some, you know, just just things, you know, to happen. And and then now you see this, and like, is it really worth it to kind of like? I almost don't even want to watch a game this weekend, any game, high school, college, or pro, just because, like, you know, it's almost like you're cheering this brutal sport where people, men, put their lives on the line every day, and you know, almost just questioning. You know, I mean, I, I watch boxing too. I'm an MMA fan, so all of that just kind of came into play. Like, like what you know, some kind of morality thing. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I don't know. If you kind of follow where I'm going. I I do. Um, I think I I think it's you know, and, and Alan, I appreciate your call. I mean, it, it is you know a lot of uh, you you worry about the health and safety of these people. At times we used to stop calling them athletes because, I mean, they are, but you worry about the health and safety of these people. And um, whether you believe these particular leagues are doing enough to safeguard these people. Um, the concussion day, uh, game day checklist, by the way, that the NFL has, and, and they they put out an infographic on it. So if you fee, if you either receive impact to the head and exhibit symptoms and a booth or team physician or, uh, you know, unaffiliated doctor initiates the protocol, then what happens is you go to the sideline and they do um, or they remove them or stabilize them on the field and then they go through the sideline survey. Um, and what they go through is whether the player is a, no go. They go through the history of the event, concussion signs and symptoms, uh, questions. They call them Maddox questions, and then they do a video review. And if they fall, if they feel that the normal sideline survey and the video is okay, then they clear them to play. If they 
don't feel like he can go, or if they say if any of those elements are positive, inconclusive, or suspicious of a concussion, then they take the player to the locker room. And, and at this time, the helmet's been removed and, and the doctors are around him, so they take him to the locker room. And, um, and by the way, if they feel a no-go on the sideline, that's it. He's done. Um, they go to the locker room. They do an NFL uh, scat. They do a neurological exam. And if the assessment there is normal, they can clear him to play. Um, if it's abnormal, then they keep the player in the locker room, do periodic evaluations, do a follow-up neurological exam, and they say he's a, he cannot return to play. Um, they also say that if they go through the checklist and they find that the symptoms are worsening, like headaches, I'm sure, and, and, and dizziness, et cetera, then they can deem uh, a no-go there as well. So there are um, – there is a list of things. And I think the point that I'm making here, and I, and I think others have made too, is did they go through everything? Or did they go through some of these things, say, because he did go to the locker room. So that would lead you to believe the sideline survey was done if, if they did that. Because, I mean, I, we didn't get to see the sideline survey. And part of that you can go, I think you can go under the medical tent, right? So you're led to believe the sideline survey was done. That's going to be one of those questions. Did go to the locker room, which meant that some, some of those elements came into play based on the checklist. And if they believe going through that, the locker room exam came out fine, obviously he comes back, then that tells you that they felt he was okay. But he, he had to go to the locker room in the first place, which meant that first set of checks weren't positive. Did they go through every part of the checklist? Did they do every scan? Did they do every inquiry and every question? And that's ultimately what we'll find out because what we learned today, if he was in concussion protocol, as Dr. Sills is saying, then there was clearly some kind of an issue that, uh, you know, Again, I think sent him to the locker room and had him checked during the week because they said he was. They said he was checked during the week. Uh, we'll come back with more. Your text and calls at 808-296-1420. Uh, don't forget, Monday Night Football is uh, uh, coming up. Rams and Niners. And if you want to check out the game, you can watch it at Dixie at, at the Dixie Grill in IA. Uh, complimentary popcorn, Southern-inspired foods. And you got some drink specials there as well. Watch the game with friends. Have a good time. Eat some good food. That's at the Dixie Grill in IAA for Monday Night Football. Surf here. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update five minutes away. They're on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Ephraim's dialing in. Ephraim, I got about 60 seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? It's Josh. Good, good, though. Yeah, just you know, I, I look at it the other way because uh, despite what everything reports or whatever, he was he was clear to put, to go on a field tour. The game he looked good. Nothing looked wrong with him until that hit. Now anybody could have got that hit that didn't have a uh, uh, concussion protocol before that game. Because the way he landed, you got to see that guy. He's like six foot, twenty, thirty pounds. The way he landed, but if you watch it on TV, it doesn't show justice. 
Because when the impact came, the back, boom, and then the head, boom. But you look on TV, it looks like the shock landing. But it could happen to anybody. The nerves get shocked on the spinal cord. He can't go up. Like, his whole body's paralyzed, but he got good. So I look at it on the auto bay. You know, it's like, you know, I guess they look at it as safety. Maybe they could have done something bad. But, you know, it's not on the field. What if that never happened? And he played a whole new game. There was a different story. That's very true. And everything go out to a... Yeah, that's very true. So, you know, you know, let's not wait on on a game before. Let's not try to weigh anything down on anybody. What happened, happened. It's an accident. We thank God he's okay. If yeah. He might a game. He might need some month. But, you know, I, I, I don't like to look at it in a negative way. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, hey, anybody- Ephraim, I got to run. I'm up against the clock. Thank you for uh, for dialing in. Sports Center update coming up, which includes our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. Yankees trailing 2-1 to Baltimore, bottom of the seventh inning. Sports Center on the way. We're going to pass the baton to Tiff Wells in T-minus 12 minutes and three seconds for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball with Hawaii and Cal State Fullerton coming up. If we get an Aaron Judge at bat uh, while we're on the air, I think it might be kind of tough. If that happens, uh, we will bring it to you right here. Uh, Aaron Judge is due up third in the bottom of the eighth inning. The problem is it's in the top of the eighth inning in a uh, 2-1 Baltimore lead. So uh, stay by. We will uh, have that for you if we have the chance to do it right here on ESPN Honolulu. Um, I want to bring up one more thing before uh, we, we move on from the Tua conversation. And I and I think we have to give some credit where credit is due. Um, Mike McDaniel did say today that Tua was being honest about having headaches I mean, he is in the concussion protocol, and not only that, but um, he had additional MRIs done because he's been been honest about those headaches. You know, that is part of, I think, the speculation that we got yesterday. And while we don't know a lot of the conversation with Tua Pryor and how he felt and whether he was, you know, being honest about his his situation one thing that i think is is clear here is whatever happened from there take the judgment of that away for the moment part of what has to be recognized and and to now having to be the example of that is the fact that he is showing that this is not a comfortable situation um you know, and he, he did put out a statement today, but he's being honest about his symptoms. He has a headache. He's telling the doctors he's got a headache, which means, yeah, um, he's got to have more MRIs done. And I'm sure that it is, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, not helpful. And I'm sure it's taking time out of your day, whatever it is, but he's being honest. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're asking of these athletes we're asking the doctors to uh do the right thing in in diagnosing and 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 taking every precaution 
to make sure that every athlete who falls in this situation is being properly taken care of and they're not put in in harm's way. But we also have to ask the player to be honest. We have to ask the player uh, if you know it to if you don't feel right, don't go, don't go in the game. And I see you on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment. But I feel like you know I I don't like I said I I don't want to stay on this forever. But I do feel like we have to say it, that we have to give the credit where where credit is due to Tua in this situation, that he is, as of right now, that we know of he's doing the right thing. And, uh, and, and I think we have to praise that for what it is. Let's say hi to Peter here at 808-296-1420. Peter, happy Aloha Friday to you. Hey, how you doing, Josh? Good, yourself? I know you guys finishing up. I'm good, thanks. I know you guys finishing up the, the Tua talk, but yeah, I was just thinking today, man, you know, our, our hearts go out to him and the family, but I cannot remember an athlete in the past who has a, a young athlete coming out of college who has faced so many challenges. When you think about like physically the hip, now with the concussion, uh, the injuries, you know, in the last few years, but also coming in like uh, he's been under the microscope so much. And I don't know, maybe it's different nationally, you know, locally here. We're always checking on how he's doing, but just the, the scrutiny he's been under, like the ridicule at times, um, you know, lack of arm strength, all these things. And I, I guess it's good. I hear he has a real good support system, uh, which, which has to help, you know, with like, again, all the challenges he's faced. But, yeah, just for a young guy, I mean, it, it's good to see that he always has that positive mindset. Everybody always talks about it. And the, the kid must be mentally strong because, like I said, he's just he's been through a lot uh, since his days at Alabama. But – just wanted to get your take on that. Just, you know, just the, the struggles and the challenges he's been through. Thanks, Josh. Hey, thank you for calling, Peter. I think there's no question that um, he's been, I, I think, hardened by being an NFL quarterback that faces scrutiny. When you're a top five draft pick, when you are considered a franchise quarterback, that will come. It is not... Um, you know, sometimes it's not because of whether you struggle or not. You're under a microscope because you play a position that gets scrutinized a lot. And not only that, um, you know, you are you're you're a top draft pick, and 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 people, uh, you know, people are are looking at your every move, especially off of uh, off of the injury in the past. So, you know, that will naturally, I think, harden you. If, um, you know, you, you hear that all the time and and I I think you, you naturally do. I think he's, he's kept a very good attitude and, um, I I think it's clear why they look at him as a leader because I, I think while we have seen to a degree, we have seen the, uh, the, the chip on shoulder Tua at times. I think we've we've also seen we've seen the humble Tua many times, and um, we haven't seen him too high or too low. That's a that's a really good credit to him, and and I'm glad that you mentioned that, Peter. That that can't go unnoticed through all of this. Uh, University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine volleyball coming up. Uh, we are watching a couple things. By the way, Albert Pujols just hit home run number seven hundred one. It was a, a solo shot in the bottom of the fourth inning. It is a 1-1 Pirates-Cardinals. 
So uh, he he's hit 700. Now he's starting to climb up the leaderboard a little bit more in the uh, career home run list. Of course, Albert Pujols, as we believe, will retire at the end of this year, we believe. Um, if he were to play another year, he'd have an opportunity to really, really chase that mark. But uh, he does hit 701 today. Uh, I wanted to, to, to wrap the program on the Mountain West. Uh, we're watching Boise State get shut out today. Uh, they're at the half. San Diego State leads Boise State uh, 13 to nothing. Of course, the 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 card carrying leader of the Mountain West being Boise State has faced a lot of struggle. Offensive coordinator fired last Saturday. Starting quarterback goes into the transfer portal. You've got two freshman quarterbacks that have played today. And they still not have not been able to score any points. Uh, we were having this conversation during the break that uh, if Boise State, who is two and two, uh, a loss would drop them under 500. They would be one and one in Mountain West play if they don't come back. If you know, I don't think it's crazy to think that this is not a bowl team. And if they miss a bowl game because they just aren't that good. This is the worst Boise State team I've seen in a long time. If they don't make a bowl game, uh, I think Andy Avalos is done uh, there at Boise. You know, that's that that falls well below the standards that have been set by the Chris Petersons and, uh, and, and the Brian Harsons and the Dan Hawkins uh, that have coached this team previously. Uh, San Diego State is a good test. Uh, that's Hawaii's opponent next week. This is a home game for Boise State, but uh, but but clearly, this is a uh, a Boise State that has struggled mightily. So, uh, this is this is kind of the alert game, you know. If you struggle this much against San Diego State, I mean, you're looking at a middle of the pack team in that division, that Mountain Division. That's you know that that's uh, that's unfortunate for uh, for that program, um, but. The other games we, we kind of take notice of uh, Air Force, who you know is is now uh, facing probation by the NCAA. Uh, they've got Navy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm watching Fresno State. This is gonna be the first time we see Fresno State, and 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 I don't know what Fresno State team uh, team we're gonna see. Granted, they're fortunate; it's UConn on the other side. Um, but I I'm very curious about how Fresno State looks. It's been a couple of weeks. Jake Hayner got hurt a couple of weeks ago. I haven't really heard much about um, Fresno State at the quarterback position since that injury. So, uh, you know, I think watching tomorrow, even though it is UConn and they are awful, uh, Logan Fife is going to start tomorrow. Uh, Jake Hayner and a couple of other starters are out. So it will be Logan Fife. Uh, we'll see how long it's going to be Fife, and, and, and that's going to make a difference. I think the game of the day in the Mountain West, San Jose State and Wyoming, and that's going to kick at 1.30 tomorrow. Uh, Wyoming would love to go to 2-0 and in the Mountain, Mountain Division and uh, really try to, to set the bar. You know, Air Force, I think, is 1-1, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, in conference play. Wyoming trying to set the bar in a, in a much much different looking mountain division San Jose State in their uh conference opener would like to get on on top of that division which uh, they could potentially share with uh w- with UNLV uh, UNLV is in action against uh, New Mexico 
that's one that UNLV is favored by two touchdowns, and I would expect UNLV to win at home in that game. But we'll watch that very closely. That's it for us. Uh, thank you so much for allowing us in. Uh, Aaron Judge uh, is not going to go to the plate for a while, as uh, I think they just had a pitching change there. Oh, no, they're going to the bottom of the eighth. Judge is up third. Um, we won't have a break in, obviously. We'll be going to volleyball, uh, but we'll see if Aaron Judge does hit 62. We'll watch it from here. Uh, if he does not, um, in, in any remaining at bats as the Yankees trail 2-1, to one, we will bring you tomorrow's Yankee game against the Baltimore Orioles uh, with coverage beginning at 625 uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. So uh, we will pay attention to that very closely. If he does, uh, we'll, we'll provide an update uh, at, at some point uh, during the uh, maybe a, maybe a, a, an update during the pregame show if that's what ultimately uh, happens. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. A big road matchup for the University of Hawaii Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Their first trip on the road in quite a while. And uh, Cal State Fullerton is the opponent. Uh, can Hawaii build on the home weekend last weekend that got them started at 2-0 in Big West Conference play? Uh, we will see if they can do it. Coming up with first serve about 18 minutes away. Tiff Wells will take you from here. I'm Josh Pacheco, Tanner Hayworth in our control room. We thank you for tuning into the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Rainbow Wahine Volleyball starts now. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Good thing I didn't leave. You know, when, when the University of Hawaii does what it does, matches that take less than an hour and a half, uh, then, you know, we know, even though I, I, I've never, haven't, I haven't really done this show uh, when we've had the shortened shows with volleyball in the middle, I knew better uh, to, to make sure that I didn't leave. Do other work, keep busy, be ready for eight minutes of the sports animals to take you to six o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. I'm Josh Pacheco in for the guys, Chris and Gary. We'll see you on Monday morning. All of our guests, when they appeared, they do so courtesy of our hotline. So rainbow Wahine volleyball wins. They go to three and oh, they've got long beach state tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, we've been spending time, uh, Watching a lot of TV because uh, that's what you do when you wait here in this in this studio. You're watching a lot of stuff. And the Mountain West, as we kind of knew coming in, the Mountain West has been uh, down. This is one of the worst years the Mountain West has had in quite a while. The Mountain West is not helping itself today uh, because we have seen a couple of games. Well, one is final. One is going on right now that makes you question everything you knew about this conference. And it also makes you feel somewhat comfortable that um, maybe there are a few more wins for Hawaii on its schedule based on what we see or don't see from, uh, from some of the teams that are playing today. For example, UNLV. And um, what did I say earlier this week when I put UNLV in my top five? 
in the Mountain West Power Rankings. I believed, and first, UNLV, most improved team in the conference. Um, you know, I, I think we were closer to, to determining whether this team was for real. I did not think that today's game at home against New Mexico would be one of those indicators to determine whether the Rebels of UNLV are for real. Well, UNLV is down 14 nothing to New Mexico. Uh, Miles Kendrick, the quarterback for New Mexico, has been kind of a dual threat in this game. And uh, the Lobos are in the red zone again. Uh, New Mexico is close. I mean, there's a field goal uh, possibly coming up here. Potentially go up 17-0 in the second quarter at UNLV. Uh, credit to the Lobos. They've got a couple of wins this year. They have a chance to be uh, plus 500 at 3-2 and two if uh, if they can win today. And, and not only that, 3-2 uh, and two is good. But uh, get to 500 in the conference in what is just kind of a, a, a wild, wild Mountain West, uh, you know, would would really be something. It's a 17 nothing lead for New Mexico in the second. But the other game that went final earlier today was Boise State and San Diego State. This was not a game. Uh, this this was not a a great site if, if you know for anybody with great vision this is not a game you really wanted to see uh san diego state loses their top two quarterbacks due to injury boise state played a couple of different quarterbacks obviously their starting quarterback uh hank bachmeyer to start the year enters the transfer portal still boise state shuts down san diego state and wins 35 to 13 and the record that matters for Boise is the conference record. Three and two is just kind of average. Boise State's two and zero oh in the uh, Mountain West, which would put them right at the top of the Mountain Division. And whatever it is that happens here over the rest of the of the year, right now Boise State is your top team in the Mountain West, as everybody seemed to expect. And with probably its toughest two games remaining on the schedule in Fresno State and Air Force coming up, if Boise State can win those couple of games, what we've seen earlier on in the year may not matter. Um, because if they can win the next couple of games and just kind of survive after that, Boise State, through all of its trials and tribulations early on in the year, might very well find themselves back in the Mountain West Championship game as Everybody expected when we went to Mountain West Media Days in July and we got the preseason order of finish and we saw Boise State right at the top. I think it was at Boise State, Fresno State. It's weird, really, really weird how this conference works. Uh, but New Mexico up. That that to me is the is, is the shock of the day. Texter for the four nine five via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Give me a break, Josh. Hawaii isn't beating anybody. Are you for real? Laughable. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I think I said this earlier in the week. There are a few games that I'm willing to pencil in for Hawaii that are possible wins. Uh, I'm not saying Hawaii has guaranteed wins on the schedule, but I, 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 I'm still believe, uh, a believer that there is a chance that there are a few games that Hawaii could win. I believe the game in Laramie, uh, not Laramie, uh, in Fort Collins 
at Colorado State, the uh, uh, the the Rams are bad. Um, they have not been good this year. They are zero and four, and uh, you know they are in the laughable Ryan McGee ESPN.com bottom ten. Colorado's at two. Um, you know that could be very well close. And then, you know, I've, I I look at the Utah State game, uh, which comes up at home on November twelfth. Utah State lost Logan Bonner, their starting quarterback, for the rest of the season. Um, you know, they hung around with UNLV for a little while. Utah State's one in four. You know, it's again, it's not something I pen in as saying, yeah, I think Hawaii's got absolute wins on their schedule, uh, but Utah State is depleted. I think the other thing that is worth noting about this conference watching here going into to week five, there are a lot of teams right now with quarterback issues. Utah State, Logan Bonner's done for the year. Boise State, seen a couple of freshmen play today, and of course, Bachmeyer uh, out. San Diego State, you know, you now wonder what, what Burmeister's situation is, uh, and, and they throw out three quarterbacks today in that loss uh, against San Diego's uh, against Boise State. I mean, uh, and Fresno State without Hayner. There are a lot of teams that have, I think, quarterback question marks here, and we're not even halfway into the Mountain West Conference here. And I think that's one of the reasons why the conference has, in air quotes, opened up because there are a lot of teams at, at key skill positions and Colorado State transfer portal uh it's not as much about injuries it's about guys that don't want to be there and are leaving mid-year to find somewhere else to play next year this conference is really kind of some of these teams because of injuries are kind of beating themselves to a degree that's why uh and, and i'm not gonna project to say that there are upsets here but that's why i say there are a few games that i think you pencil in and say you know, Hawaii can compete and be in these games uh, given their situation. Of course, Hawaii, quarterback situation. You hope it stabilizes here soon. If Shager can um, take the reins of this job, you hope. Um, but Hawaii's quarterback situation has certainly been flux um, over the first few weeks of the year. And just like that, we come on the air, we come off the air. Uh, Aaron Judge does not get 62. We'll have that game coming up tomorrow morning at 625 here on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up next, it is Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Enjoy the rest of your Friday night. This has been the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu.